Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now What's up, and welcome to another exciting edition of Bearded B-Roll. I'm Kyle. And I'm Mike, just two bearded dudes here to chat about all the movies you love, hate, don't mind, or simply never heard of. And now I want to make plantains, but I don't have any of that shit here, so. Like how, though? Like, how do you want to make them? Oh, it's pretty easy. You uh, take them in a pan, you cut them into about maybe an inch thick, like cylinder. You fry them on each side on a medium heat till they're nice and sort of golden brown. And then you take them out of the heat and you smash them down to turn them into sort of like a flattened chip. And then you put that back in and fry that on both sides. Yeah, okay. Now I know what you're talking about. I forget what it's called. I'd, every time I order from like a Puerto Rican, recent, uh, Puerto Rican restaurant, that's usually like a side that comes with stuff. I think you just created a new fusion food. What did I call it? You said Puerto Grecian. <laughs> Puerto Grecian. Yeah, like plantains wrapped in grape leaves or something. Gross. Yeah, no, that sounds awful. We'll come up with a better one later. All right, so welcome back to another Top 10 Tuesdays with Bearded B-Roll. Today we're going to be taking on the Top 10 Femme Fatales. My name's Kyle. And I'm Mike. I love doing that to you. You hate it. What, introducing myself? Yeah. So do you want to get started or should I? Yeah, you can go first. My number 10 is Mystique from the X-Men. Not the Jennifer Lawrence one, the Rebecca Romaine one. Specifically, there's that scene in X-Men 2 where she seduces a security guard, knocks him unconscious, injects metal into his ass, and then later Magneto pulls that out of the guy's body and uses it to escape from prison. Nice. What about you? What's your number 10? Uh, also comic book movies. My number 10 is Selena Kyle, Michelle Pfeiffer from Batman Returns. You dick. Because sucks to be you. <laughs> But uh, I think that was one of my favorite versions of Catwoman because of the fact that she was a cat or something. Thought she was. Well, she had like cat mannerisms, but I mean, she was. They did a good job representing her as not like a total villain because she's like wronged by these people. And then she comes back to get her. She's kind of the hero. If if they shot that movie from a different angle and focused on her instead of Batman, they could have totally made it a Catwoman movie. Yeah, like I spit on your grave style. Oh no, yeah, because she like dies in the beginning, sort of, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, like he like throws her out of a fucking window or something, and then she's like revived by a whole bunch of cats that like lick her back to health. Don't I don't know how that worked exactly, but that's what I remember. Oh, it's like she became a were cat, basically. That's what that is. It's were catism. And then there's like a weird scene later where she's getting shot repeatedly and like counting down her nine lives as she <laughs> walks. Cl- Do you remember this? <clears throat> no, I don't remember that one. It's been a long time. I never. I didn't watch this one as much as I watched um, the other Batman. 
Well, this one was more fun as a kid, though, because you had like the more the more fun makeup, like Penguin, Catwoman. The set pieces were a lot more elaborate. It was like a brighter movie in general. Maybe I did see this one more, but I think I focused more on the Penguin most of the time. Like I was like, ah, oh, she's hot, and then I would focus on the Penguin anyway because he was like there. Are you saying that Danny DeVito is hotter than Michelle Pfeiffer? No, he's not hotter than Michelle Pfeiffer, but I'm saying that Danny DeVito biting a man's nose off put more into my memory than what actually happened with Michelle Pfeiffer other than her and her cat suit. That nose biting scene was actually pretty traumatizing to watch as a kid. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, she's pretty. And then it'd be like, oh, he bit that dude's nose off. Like, which one stays? All right, which... <laughs> Uh, my number nine, and I don't think you're going to remember this one at all, but my number nine is Juno Skinner from True Lies. It was kind of like the original Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It was with Arnold Schwarzenegger playing like a CIA operative. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis played his wife. She had no idea that he was actually like a government agent. And um, Tia Carrera, you know, the girlfriend from Wayne's World, played this uh, femme fatale named Juno Skinner. And she was just like a good villain because she said flat out to Arnold Schwarzenegger character at some point, like, I don't care about your side. I don't care about their side. I care about which side pays me more money to do what I do. Eventually, I think Jamie Lee Curtis killed her. I feel like there was an airplane involved, but maybe I'm misremembering that. Maybe a helicopter. There's definitely a helicopter involved at some point. I haven't seen that movie in like a really long time, but <laughs> I remember her. So that's my number nine. What did you base your list on? I based my list on a couple things. I based my list on... Well, the effectiveness, the body count, and sex appeal. I only based mine on the last one. These are all nostalgia boners for me. Well, some of them are just like, yeah, that has to be on the list, even if it's someone I'm not attracted to. So that's not the only like defining factor for my list. What's your number nine? Gemma Teller Morrow from uh, Sons of Anarchy, played by Katie Seagal. I mean, honestly, she's probably the... Most real non-military themed mercenary superhero type one. But she's just like like a bad bitch. Pretty diabolical in a lot of ways. Anyway, what's your number eight? My number eight is Mom from Serial Mom, Kathleen Turner. Does that count? That does count because she does use sex appeal on several occasions to seduce people into a sense of false security. And she's a woman, and she kills people, and they don't suspect her of it. Which is kind of one of the main factors of a femme fatale, right? Like, they focus on the sexual aspect of it. They get people to put their guard down. They don't, like, walk up to somebody wearing, like, a football uniform and, like, a baseball bat with nails sticking out of it. No, but they'll, like, walk up to a girl covered in leather with, like, gun belts all over her. Well, I just mean the fact that, well, I mean, like, when Mystique seduces the guy, she's, like, in her Rebecca Romaine outfit, you know? She's not, like, wearing the blue thing. Tia Carrera's basically just all sex appeal in that movie. And Kathleen Turner uses feminine wiles, not just in the sense of being sexual, though, but also in the sense of being like a motherly trusting figure. So it's kind of like double pronged in that way. and makes her more dangerous. I really want to watch that movie again. It's been a while. It's never streaming anywhere. That's probably why it's not at all. Like not even like paid. Oh, for, for pay. You can. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind doing that every now and then. I'm not like you. I don't plan on living in a van in the woods someday. <laughs> All right. So for me, for number eight, I picked um, The Long Kiss Goodnight. Uh, Gina Davis plays Samantha Kane. Was Samuel Jackson in that? I, yeah. 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 And she's like 
like a, a stay-at-home mom or like a teacher or something now and it turns out she's like a sleeper agent and like or is she even a sleeper agent? she's just like is she doing the thing where she's just like pretending to not have that past life what was that other movie i saw this movie like so Morgison. oh history of violence yeah i wasn't sure if she was like i can't remember if she was doing that i think she was in like a coma and like came out and then her memory was gone and then it started to come back and then she went on like went out to like go assassinate people again it's been a long time since I saw that movie, so I'd, I'd need a refresher. But yeah, Gina Davis was super attractive. She had a very like 1940s movie star kind of quality to her face and everything. Yeah. So my number seven, and it's not like my favorite movie, but there's no denying the character, uh, Catherine Trammell from Basic Instinct, Sharon Stone's character, you know, killing dudes mid-coitus with like a, an ice pick. You see, I kept that one off because I don't think I've really ever seen that movie. I just know about the leg scene thing. But I mean, she's kind of the definition of a femme fatale in the sense of like, you know, it's probably not good for you, but you want it anyway. Yeah. What was, um, what's your number seven then? That was my number seven. Oh. I think we're on your number seven. Mallory Knox from Natural Born Killers. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Are you flirting with me? Why? No, that's... Oh, that... Yeah, I mean, that's like the perfect scene because she full on just uses that dude. And then when she gets what she wants out of it, she just like murders the fuck out of him. And she does the same thing to her dad at some point. Rodney Dangerfield played the dad. I was actually just going to bring that up because they represent her whole like broken home life yeah, as like a sitcom, you know, know, to the moon with you, Alice. And it was just like a really interesting portrayal of that. And, you know, we've all seen like the classic scenes of, you know, people getting abused, like this boy's life, you know, and everything. And this was like a take on it that sort of sanitized it, but didn't make it any cleaner at the same time. It was still really hard to watch. Extra worse. What are you talking about? Ronnie Dangerfield, like, I think that was like the one time I didn't like him in something. (laughs) Well, normally he's like, you know, the affable, annoying guy. This one, he was just like... The rapey dad. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I don't know. The snake scene in that movie will always be one of my favorites, though. Which one? Like, at the end? Or near the end? Yeah, when they're tripping balls with the Native American guy and then they accidentally kill him. Well, he doesn't accidentally kill him. The guy just shoots him. Well, he does, but he does it because he's like losing his mind. I thought he did it because the Native guy was like looking into his soul or something and made him feel vulnerable. He was because the Native guy, I guess it was that, but he was like calling him like a snake and stuff. And he was like, I guess, coming to terms with who he was. But then, yeah, I don't know. But no, the body count that she has in that movie is like a lot, so. Doesn't she not really kill a whole lot of people, though? I thought mostly it was Mickey, and she was just kind of, like, there. No, I feel like she's, like, I feel like it's almost 50-50. I mean, he does more than she does. But usually there's, like, one person in, like, each gas station that she does. Okay, now that works. And, yeah, was that the scene? Was the Are You Flirting With Me scene the one where she's, like, got a blonde wig on and wants the guy to eat her out on the hood of the car? Or am I? Yeah, and she's mad at Mickey right then because I think he, like, took someone hostage and... He was playing too much attention to the hostage. Oh, right. It was a girl and she was getting jealous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I have not watched that in a long time. You know, that was the story was written by Quentin Tarantino, but it was directed by Oliver Stone. That makes sense that it was written by him. There's a lot of things that scream Quentin Tarantino. Well, yeah, but as far as the direction goes, it's like Quentin Tarantino doesn't usually go that psychedelic or like feel the need to insert images of like animals in nature in between shots. So that, that wasn't it. But like the main story and the way the characters behave and everything was pretty Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, I feel like Quentin Tarantino directed that it'd be closer along the lines of like Jackie Brown. 
but with all the same amount of violence and everything else. Yeah, I hope they don't remake that movie. That would be unnecessary. Have there been talks about it? I feel like everything's being remade right now. It's it's only everything a is time. being remade right now. The funny thing is, most people don't even realize when they're watching a remake anymore. They wait until it's like super far into the like past for the most part. Although there was like that small time in like mid two thousand, there they were just remaking movies that came out like two years before. You mean like all the Spider Mans when they're like, let's remake it with this guy? No, no, let's remake it with this guy. Let's let's do it with this guy. Wasn't there a remake of Spider Man in the same year? Probably. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. I don't know. They like did the one with Jamie Foxx's Electro, and they were like, never mind, never mind. We don't like it. Let's do a remake now. And it was just there wasn't a lot of turnaround time in between the previous release and and the new one. It's like studios should just focus on making time machines. Instead of all the remakes, then they could just undo the originals and save the money. Can dudes be femme fatales? I'm sure there's mm. a movie where there's something like that. That did not occur to me. Well, what was Tim Curry's name in Rocky Horror Picture Show? Was it Dr. Frankenfurter? Yeah, something like that. Would that count, though? Because he didn't yeah, really would it... kill anybody. He was like well, a cultist in my mind, but it's been a while. Yeah, I don't know if that would actually count. What about Sleepaway Camp? It's just getting more complicated. I don't know if you can be a femme fatale. No, because then, yeah, I guess you can that be. That whole movie, they thought she was a girl. Well, I was going to say, I don't think you can be a femme fatale if you're like still a child. But then I thought of like the orphan. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe you can be. But she wasn't because she was actually an adult woman pretending to be a child. Played <sighs> but it was by a child. played, Yeah. <laughs> It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, what are we on? My number six. Yeah, since we had our midpoint break, <laughs> what we'll call that. My number six, we already covered, so we can just skip right past it. But my what was your number six? My number six was uh, Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, Batman Returns. Nice. You could have added more than. I think part of having a good femme fatale is that you are on their side, or at least you can empathize with them. All right. Speaking of that, my number six is Domino. It's about Domino Harvey, played by Keira Knightley. It's um. Like, based slightly on a true story, I think, about, like, a model that became a bounty hunter. I haven't seen this movie in forever, but I remember loving it when I did see it, because she was, like, like a badass the whole time. But, like, if if they took, like, a supermodel, a.k.a. Karen Knightley <laughs> or whatever, and then she just ran around beating the shit out of big dudes. I, I, I did not actually watch You've that You've never one. seen it? Oh, no. man. It's actually pretty good. It's, like, a really good action movie. Like, I think that's why it's based kind of on a true story. And not a true story. Because <laughs> some of the action sequences are like a lot. They should do a movie like that where they just say this is a true story. Not this is based on a true story. This is 100% a true story. 100% accurate from the people telling it who were there. 100% medically accurate. It'd be impossible, especially if you were to do like a true crime one. Because like serial killers lie. They should have done the human centipede like it was a documentary. That would have actually been a creepier movie. Like, um, if it was done, like, found footage? Well, no, no. If, they, if it was people, like, recovering it later, like, people, investigators talking about the scene of the crime, 
And then everything in the movie could have been presented as like a dramatic reenactment. Well, I feel like it could have been okay as found footage if they, if it was set up like he was recording it for like research purposes. That would have actually made sense. It's like, cause you're supposed to document things. So yeah. that wouldn't have seemed like over the top. And also it wouldn't have been like out of the ordinary for somebody <laughs> as weird as that guy to actually have like security cameras placed around his house. Yeah, I feel like they could have easily like set that up and it wouldn't have been weird and it wouldn't have had that like really crappy part of found footage where it's why do you have the cameras on right now and you should turn them off because it could just be that he has them running 24-7. Yeah, no, that actually makes perfect sense. And like the only changes made to it were that we edited it for time because we didn't want to show you, you know, two weeks yeah. straight of movie. All right. I like how we're thinking about ways to have made the human centipede better. <laughs> it's a fantastic movie. All those people deserve to have uh like full I'm, I'm glad that that really helped their careers out i mean the japanese guy's actually been in a bunch of stuff since then he's kind of the only one but i guess that's because he wasn't eating somebody's ass the whole time yeah, he was the front he got to actually speak even if it was in japanese he got to poop in other people's mouths um all right what if, what about your number six i did that that was domino what's your number five my number five is Dawn from Teeth. Oh, I didn't think of that one. Because you got to admit, like, it is an exclusively female way of dispatching of people. No, you're right. And the amount of times that I bring that show up, I can't believe I didn't think of that one. I'm surprised you didn't either. I just figured that would be like your number one, honestly. <laughs> I bring her up like every other episode. And she seduces people. For, I mean, parts of it are like, her being assaulted and her body using her um, teeth as like a defense mechanism. But then later when she kind of realizes her power, she uses it to her advantage. That's something you don't see much either. Actually, now I'm thinking about some other ones too, because we mentioned Jackie Brown. Well, I mentioned Jackie Brown, but um, no, you're right there. It would be interesting if they had more where it was like a spy lady going undercover to do something and then getting sexually assaulted and then she starts killing people that'd be interesting like i mean there's like little bits of it here and there in movies you know like but not like teeth teeth it's like full-blown yeah yeah teeth it's like a direct response to that uh what, what's your number five? Oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> tiffany from bride of chucky um because jennifer tully and um are you saying tully or tilly because it's tilly. tilly jennifer tilly i wrote tully i don't know why i wrote tully Jennifer Tilly, um, and um, that's really the reason. Jennifer Tillity. Um, that's not her name. Her name's not Jennifer Tillity. No, but that's a great name for like a like a porn star, like Jenna Fertility, Jennifer Tillity, and then she could look like Jennifer Tilly. And <laughs> can you just stop me? Can you just like? <laughs> no, no. I feel like letting this go forever and ever and ever and ever. I wonder if there was a porn parody of any of the Chucky movies. 100%. Just because of the fact that you brought it up means that it exists. That's fair. I like how porn is like Schrodinger's cat, you know? Do I really need to like describe Brad Chucky? Because I feel like the movie itself, not great. It was all right. I mean, it was pretty cool when she became the doll. Actually, if you want, her as the doll is also kind of a femme fatale, if not more so than when she was human. Well, I thought you meant her as the doll when you said it, so... Well, she's a serial killer, um, and she seduces men, gets them into their her house, and then she kills them. But I think the whole goal is that she's trying to find a body for uh, for Charles, a.k.a. Chucky. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't even remember how she becomes a doll. He kills her and makes her a doll, doesn't he? Yeah, he does, it to, he does it to punish her. 
because she's not finding him a body enough. But as far as the rules of femme fatale, she is seducing men just by being Jennifer Tilly and then murdering them. That's fair. I mean, I don't think all of mine necessarily fall into the paradigm of like seduction. Mine definitely don't, but that one does. I mean, I know that's like a characteristic, but I don't think it's the only thing that qualifies. No, because I think I I sort of and then also very much remember there's like a scene where she gets like a college guy back to her uh, like trailer. And she's like seducing that guy before she like slits his throat or something. No, the guy with all the piercings. She dispatches him. Yeah. Um, all right. My, my number four. Mm-hmm. All right. My number four is Oren Ishii from Kill Bill. Oren Ishii. There's the scene where, cause she has like one of the best femme fatale kills. Like I think in movie history, even though it's represented in cartoon form and she's not even like a teenager yet, but you know, there's that scene where, well, I guess maybe she's a teenager at that part, but like we see the cartoon scene where her parents are killed by a Yakuza boss and she's under the bed trying not to cry so they don't see her. This is the girl with the spiky thing, right? What do you mean? The mace chain? No, no, no. That's, that's, that's a different... Oren Yishi is Lucy Liu. Oh, okay. Cottonmouth was her like snake code name. And um, she like survives this ordeal where her mother and father were killed by a Yakuza boss, but then she goes back to get vengeance on this guy when she's like 13 or 14 or something because she knows that he is a Yakuza boss with a predilection for, uh, you know, prepubescent girls. So she's going there to like play off of his perviness specifically and, uh, you know, gets in the bed with him and he's like, you know, being all rapey. And then she just like stabs the fuck out of him with a samurai sword and then murders everybody else that tries to come in the room to help. So it was a great moment of like vengeance and using sexual attraction as a way of getting someone to put their guard down. And it was just pretty badass because she slices him open and the blood like comically spurts out of the guy's chest, like a giant geyser. But like, leaves a shape of her on the wall behind it just because the blood didn't go there. And she's just like covered in blood looking like totally feral. And the other guys bust into the room like boss, what happened? So top notch femme fatale kill scene. What about you? What's your number four? My number four. Um, I'll com- I don't remember a lot about this movie anymore, except for the very, very specific scene that I think everyone that was like 13 remembers. Um, it's Kelly Van Ryan from Wild Things, played by Denise Richards. Kelly Van Ryan and Nev Campbell get in a fight, and Kevin Bacon's filming them, and then they start to, like, they call Matt Dillon, and he, like, calms them down, and then they have lesbian sex in the pool. What is that movie about? Like, I, I it's about a teacher banging two students. No, that movie has a great, um, like, mystery plot in it. I mean, aside from all the sexual, like, flamboyancy, it could basically have been a movie from the 1940s if they just, like, muted some of the, you know, titty action. But it has a lot of twists and turns to it. But Matt Dillon's character is like a well-respected guidance counselor at this school in Blue Bay or whatever. And he is the guy who runs the yachting club. And um, he's got like his Teacher of the Year award. And then Kelly Van Ryan keeps trying to seduce him and goes to his house to wash his car because he didn't have time to come to the car wash. She brings a friend and then the friend leaves. And then later she's like, he raped me. And then they take him to trial. And then... Nev Campbell's character also says like he assaulted her too or something, but then they like break down during the trial and reveal that Kelly Van Ryan and Nev Campbell were both lying. And then Matt Dillon sues the shit out of, um, and Bill Murray plays his lawyer. He sues the shit out of Kelly Van Ryan and her whole family and takes like her inheritance. But 
they were actually in on it the whole time. And it was her way of getting to her inheritance before she turns 18. Um, so there was like a lot of twists and turns, but there's a lot of like intrigue. And that's why people get killed because there's double crosses and greed and backstory that we then get brought into that plays into like future I now events. Know I don't know any of that because I watched that movie somewhere between 13 and 16. And uh, that that part is not what I paid attention to. <laughs> it's actually a pretty twisty, turny plot. But yeah, I mean, it's a pretty like sexy movie in general. Like it's it it, but it balances it well because it's not like a movie that you watch like, well, that was a porn with a forgettable plot. It was like that no, was a movie. Really, I remember it being a good movie too, but like that happened to have a lot of excessive nudity in it. I don't even remember people being naked to be honest. No, because there's that whole scene where he pours champagne on Denise Richards' breasts in the hotel room. So, see, I was going to say this before, but you just said that and it's going to make it sound worse, but I'm definitely going to watch that again soon. Oh, I just rewatched it a couple months ago. It's fantastic. It still holds up. I just didn't want it to be implied that I said that because you said that. I mean, if you wanted to just see the boobs, you could look that up on Google. I could. could. I mean, I've looked up just the kissing a bunch of times. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty solid plot. It's like a little too twist and turny at some points, but overall, it's like a pretty solid movie. Yeah, there's like a whole part where it's like a good like Southern law movie, which was like a weird thing for a while. And Bill Murray as like this shady ass lawyer walking around with like a fake neck brace on. Why do I feel like purposes. in like the 90s, I saw like a lot of movies that involved like the South and laws and like courts. Because well, there there were like a few good men came out around that time. Okay. Mississippi burning, all that stuff. Like it was, it was, it was. Devil's Advocate. Yeah. I mean, it was like a popular I feel like courtroom dramas aren't as pronounced as they were in the 90s or the late 80s, but... Yeah, it was weird. All right, what's your number three? My number three is Santanico Pandemonium. It's Alma Hayek from Dust Till Dawn. Why do I feel like you said this before in the same context? And I didn't think it counted because I didn't think she seduced or killed anybody. Her whole thing is seduction. She has everybody's eyes in that entire room she locked on her. She's an exotic dancer. She, but she was like the exotic dancer. Like everybody stopped to stare at her, even the other exotic dancers. But I don't think she necessarily killed anybody in, in this. She did bite Richie, right? But I don't think she necessarily killed anybody in this scene. But like, how old is she as a vampire? She's for sure killed people. She's the number one like attraction of the titty twister. Like she is a femme fatale. Okay. I just feel like we've had this con- like the same conversation in about the same context in another episode. When sex kills. That's why. Because I was like, she didn't bang anybody. <laughs> What's your number three? My number three is uh, Jennifer Check from Jennifer's Body. It's Megan Fox. And um, again, it's it's Megan Fox. So I have that on my, uh, my honorable mentions. But um, no, yeah, she gets like half possessed by a demon during a failed... Uh, sacrifice because a band wanted to the band low shoulder wanted to become famous rock stars and then from then on she just constantly would like pull men over like hey what's up we'll come hang out of my house we'll be naked and then eating them so her whole thing was seducing people even when she seduced her own friend but i don't think she was going to kill her she was just going to do that um she turns into a horrible monster well sometimes the monster is on the inside. Yeah, but it was on the outside too. What's your <laughs> number two? <laughs> uh, my number two is Xenia on a top from Goldeneye, played by Femke Jensen. I don't think I've ever seen that one. 
Is that a Pierce Brosnan one? Because I feel like Femke Johnson. That's the first Pierce Brosnan one. Yeah. I figured it had to be because she wasn't that old. Femke Jensen played Xenia on a top and I can't remember the other woman's name, but they were, you know how they always have like the, the one good female and the one bad female. Yeah. 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 Cause there's always the one that he's hooking up with. Being middle school or me, I was like super into both of them. And, uh, you know, <laughs> Femke Jensen still holds up, but I mean, her character was like, she's a classic femme fatale. Cause I feel like most of the movies she's in, she plays that. That's because she's good at having like an evil face. Like, She's like killing people. She's firing an Uzi. She's like laughing and smiling. And like when she kills people, she makes like a sexual release sound. Like at one point she's like on this dude and she like, I don't know if she was supposed to be fucking him or just like mounted on top of him, but basically she like uses her legs to like constrict his torso enough that he cannot breathe. And she's like, ah, 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 as he dies. And then later they like show him in the, in the, in the morgue. And his body's just laying there like a light blue frozen color, just like big ass smile on his face. And it was just classic. I can tell you, you don't smile during that. From like my time doing martial arts stuff, I've had people do that to me. But it's not fun. I don't think even I don't think it would matter. Like it hurts a lot when someone crushes you with their legs. Just saying, it might be different if it was Femke Jensen. I don't I don't know, man. I don't know. You can't know until it happens. We'll give her a call. <laughs> Alright. Um my number two is Ginger Knowles from Sold Sword From Soulfish? From Swordfish. Oh. Played by Halle Berry. Say it all again, because that was just awful. <laughs> my number two is Ginger Knowles from Swordfish, played by Halle Berry. Um I loved Swordfish when I was a kid. I don't know why. It's probably not a good movie. I feel like it was really badly rated. I hated it when I was a kid. I just remember that one scene where Hugh Jackman had to like hack into the defense database while getting a blowjob in like 30 seconds or something. Yeah, that was the best scene in the whole world ever. Um, (laughs) But also I had like a weird obsession where I thought I was going to be a computer hacker when I was a kid, even though I'm really bad with computers. Like (laughs) when I took programming class, not even close. Not like I was like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore during programming class. But. At that time, I was obsessed with it. Like, the movie Hackers was, like, one of my favorite movies. This was one of my... They're all bad movies. But, like, Hugh Jackman, I liked Halle Berry. That was good. But at that point, fucking John Travolta was a weird, gross dude with weird hair. But, no, she was, like, perfect in this movie. I don't know. Her whole sex appeal of this movie was amazing. This was the first time she showed her breasts on film, wasn't it? Oh, maybe that's why I held this one so deep. I don't know. I don't know. Hugh Jackman... Hugh Jackman was on the same thing with me. And like, I always said, if I was going to be gay, I'd do it with Hugh Jackman. And when everybody, anybody asked why, I was like, because he's a fucking real man. And if I'm going to get rammed, I'm going to get rammed by a real dude. Because he's like nine <laughs> feet tall and jacked. Well, back then he was. He's still like nine feet tall, but he's not as jacked as he used to be because I was like Wolverine time. I'm not going to lie. I've always had an inexplicable attraction to like Michael Fassbender for some reason. And I have no idea why. <laughs> That's why I will never say that I'm fully straight because I've had attractions of dudes. It's just I don't want sex with dudes. That's fair. I think most people have had attractions to the same sex. They're just afraid to say it. I think that's one of those weird things with people that are homophobic is it's that you can't like look at a man and objectively be like, oh, he's an attractive man if you're afraid that that makes you gay. And I don't have that. <laughs> I was watching Buffy the other day and this random guy working on the school newspaper popped up and I was like, he would make the most beautiful drag queen in the world. <laughs> So my honorable mentions are short. Uh, One of them was uh, Jennifer Check, which we already talked about. 
And then the other one is um, Phyllis from Double Indemnity. And this is a movie from 1945. Okay. I was like, it's it's from 1945. It's like Barbara Stanwyck, Fred McMurray, and Edward G. Robinson, the guy who played like Little Caesar in that like 1930s gangster movie. Like, yeah, she, that was kind of his thing. Fred McMurray was an insurance salesman and he was working with Barbara Stanwyck to take out a really high life insurance policy on her husband without his knowledge of it, which is obviously illegal. Um, And their plan was to kill him and split the money. And then later she sort of double crosses him. It's actually kind of similar to the plot from Wild Things, but it was just a great movie with like a lot of great dialogue in it. And I watched it like a while ago out of nowhere and I had never heard of it before, but it's actually one of my favorite movies like of all time, really. And she's just really good as like the, uh, like she plays this guy like a fucking fiddle. That's, that's it. I only had the two, the two honorable mentions and you already took one. I mean, one that I was playing with, I, I know is on your list, so I'm not going to bring it up, but. Which one? Well, actually I was thinking about putting freeway on my list already, but when you were talking to me about watching it the other day, I was like, he's probably going to put freeway on his list. So I'm going to well, leave we it can both do it. So Vanessa Lutz from freeway Reese Witherspoon. The only reason she's not actually on the list is because in the movie, she's supposed to be a minor. And that takes some of the regular sex appeal for the person watching it away, or at least it should. But it is about pedophiles, so it's It is about pedophiles, so she uses it for that. But I mean, like, I based a lot of my picks off, like, what I was attracted to. So this one, that has, well, I watched this when I was a kid, so then it counted. Now it doesn't. But, um. Yeah, like, when I was a kid watching Adam's Family Values, Wednesday was an older woman. Now it's, like, really weird, but at the time. (laughs) But, um. Yeah, so she's she's like a girl whose parents are like drug addicts or whatever, and she seduces men and either to rob them or to murder a serial killer. Next, I had Natasha Romanoff from The Avengers. It's played with Scarlett Johansson. She, that's her her character in the movie. Her role is to be the femme fatale. I didn't actually put it on the list because I don't like Marvel movies. I'm gonna keep saying it, but I do like Scarlett Johansson. And then one that I was thinking of that I was like, does it count? And you can you can tell me if it does. But Sydney Prescott from Scream, because she, of Final Girls, I think fights back like the most at times out of any of the other ones. And she sort of does seduce them a little bit, in the first one at least. I think I would take her off of that list only for the reason that at least one of my discernments here was that the woman wanted to kill. Yeah, okay. Sydney, everything is as a defense, so she's just reacting to things around her. I think if we're going to go scream by the that, end, like by like the third one though, she's like primed and ready to like murder if she needs to. Yeah, I guess that technically, but like, I mean, I thought it was a weird one because it's it's hard to judge between Final Girl and Femme Fatale. Somebody. Well, if we're going to go that way with it and try to do a scream one, I would say Emma Roberts from Scream Four would be more of a Femme Fatale than Sydney Prescott. Yeah, but that was a bad movie, so I didn't want to. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> All right, so I was also thinking about um, Once Bitten with uh, Jim Carrey, the Vampire Lady. Yeah, Lauren Hutton, I think, was the actress. Why didn't you that? She's perfect for that. She does fit in that. It didn't occur to me until we were talking about it right now. I, for the most part, tried to keep horror movies off my list, and I think because you can add a bunch of them then, like Mm. Ginger Snaps and stuff too. Like any time that the girl is the villain in a horror movie, like it's always monster movies though. American Mary, you ever see that one? Uh, it's I the same, the same girl from Ginger Snaps. She like gets into the body mod community. Pretty sure I have. It's been a long time, and I, the one was like forgettable to me. It is kind of forgettable. You ever see May? Oh yeah, I love the end of that movie. 
I like sort of hated that movie, but all the girls that I hung out with loved it. And I'm wondering if that was like a threatening thing I should have been worried about. <laughs> no, I, I appreciated that movie because it was just about somebody lonely with mental illness at the end of the day. All right, let's move on. Number one. Am I going first? Yeah, go. All right. My number one is Beatrix Kiddo from Kill Bill. Um, and I mean, I, I managed to get Kill Bill on this list twice. So I would have put Sophie Fatale, but I don't think she actually killed anybody. She was just like... Man. I don't think the Kill Bill should be allowed from you because it's almost unfair because it's amazing that you just resisted the urge to just put all of them. Well, I mean, okay, the reason she's number one, though, as opposed to like Xenia on the top, and I went back and forth on this one, but for Uma Thurman and Beatrice Kiddo, that one is just sheer body count. She is like by far the deadliest woman on this list. So what about you? What's your number one? Um, Catherine Merto, I don't know. Sarah Michelle Geller's character from Cruel Intentions. But why is she a femme fatale? She didn't even kill anybody. She was just a bitch. Like she was mean to everybody, but she didn't kill anybody. She killed... Brother killed himself because of her? The brother killed himself by accident running across the street. He got hit by a car. It wasn't suicide. Um, I don't know, man. For seduction purposes in general, because she's trying to seduce Ryan Philippe the whole time. She is the inventor of the messed up games that they play where she convinces him to uh, whatever he does to what's-her-face's character. Well, why couldn't you go with uh, Annette Benning then? Because didn't she play the same character in the movie Valmont, which is based on the same source material? Listen, i never seen that one. Two. I don't think it counts, though. She didn't kill anybody. Like, femme fatale, femme fatal, fatal, death. She didn't kill anybody. She was just really rude. Listen, listen for one. And she was a cokehead. For one. It was on a list of things when I was doing research. Well, I made my own list. I didn't look at the internet for it. I don't know, man. I don't know. You're probably right. Fine. I'll switch it. Um, I'll make it Sydney Prescott from Scream. Because she at least killed <laughs> someone. <laughs> No, I don't know. I was seduced by this movie, by her in this movie. I don't even think she's on screen that much in the movie. But like the scene where she's seducing Ryan Philippi is forever ingrained in my brain, probably until I die. Not the scene where she's like making no, out no, with no, Selma no. Blair. The scene because this is like the original um stuck step bro, but not at all. Cause she's just like full on grinding on him and like having him grab her boobs and she's like if you do blah, 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 I'll let you fuck me. And I was like, yep, I like this movie. I like this movie a lot. <laughs> Whatever she's once done, I'm going to do that. And Ryan Philby, who seems uninterested, is like, yeah, I'll do that. Like, his, it doesn't make sense why he does what he does. So that was our top 10 femme fatales, some of whom yeah, didn't some, actually some, kill anyone. Some of the times we were really bad at making the list count. You know what? I've been pretty good at following the rules. <laughs> You're the bad one. I get one. I get one. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Beer2B Roll and look for us anywhere you find podcasts. Check out our website, beer2broll.com, for info and links to merch. And remember to email us with ideas and suggestions at beer2broll at gmail.com. And check out our Discord. I said the Discord thing that time. You say it every time now. I've convinced you to do it. You say it the same way, too. It's funny. You could say it next time if you want. Ta-da!